Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor and today we're visiting with our friends from Crow Wing County. We have Crow Wing County Administrator Tim Houle with us today as well as Krista Jones who is the Crow Wing County Community Corrections Manager. First of all, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you and Happy New Year to both you and to all of your listeners. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for having us. Yeah. Uh, Krista, first time we get to meet you and uh, you have an uh, interesting job, don't you? Yes, I do. I've, I've actually worked in the field of corrections for about 30 years. Um, my first 25 or so as a probation agent, all here in Crow Wing County, and the last five years as the manager of the department. Yeah. Things have changed a lot over those 25 years, haven't they? Yes, they definitely have, and I think for, for the positive. Yeah. Um, when I first started as an agent, we were um, much more focused on just um, managing the conditions that were ordered by the court and really focused on making sure the clients we worked with were in compliance with those conditions mm -hmm. and um, less about really sustained behavior change which is the directions that that corrections has moved towards now. And I think that's a real positive because we need to focus on the person as a whole yeah. and focus on changing those behaviors if we're going to um, enhance public safety, which is a big part of our job, mm -hmm. but also to just improve people's lives. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And if we don't take that into account, we just find that you're more likely to have a revolving door. Right. Right. And that if you don't see that sustained change in their behavior and their patterns of thinking, they are much more likely to reoffend. Oh, yeah. And so it, it is about public safety mm -hmm. that we do this right. um, to try to reduce and, and get people to a place of stability where they're not running uh, amok of the law. Yeah. So then can every case be different depending on the person, right? Yes, it absolutely can. And, and a, a big piece is really about building those relationships with yeah. the clients where the agents are spending that time, building those relationships with clients, building that effective alliance so that there's that mutual trust and rapport built mm -hmm. so that when we're gathering information to assess their risk, to identify what their needs are and then tailor our interventions mm -hmm. to work best with that client, you need to know them well. You want them to be honest with you. And without that that relationship, you, you can't build that rapport and get that honesty yeah. in order to get a accurate assessment of them so that we can plug in those interventions and work with them. Yeah, and if there's that level of, like you said, of the trust and, and actually that you're an ally in, in getting them to where they need to be, that's a better feeling than you're another long arm of the law, don't mm -hmm. care, here you go, we're going to fix you and get out of our face. Much better approach, <laughs> I would think. Mm -hmm. You know, our social scientists tell us that behavioral change is hard, and yet most of that is talking about, you know, we get home, we're going to kick off our shoes, turn on the TV, changing those behaviors. But I would think that someone who runs afoul of the criminal justice system would want to change. Is that true or not necessarily? I think for the most part that is an accurate statement. Yeah. Um, a lot of them just don't know how or they don't have the resources or they don't have the support systems in place to get them to that spot. So yeah. our role really is filling in those gaps, connecting them to the services that can help them change because I, I agree, most of them do want to change yeah. just because of circumstances. It's, it's difficult. And you must work with others because I would think a lot of those that run a follow the war uh, of the law often are dealing with chemical dependency issues. 
Yes, that's a that's a big need area that we focus on, and we work with many providers in our community to um, get those services to those clients um, and to really collaborate with our partners, both within Crow Wing County and within our community, so that we can give our clients the best chance at success and really sustain that that behavior change long term. Yeah. And how about educational types of things, skill training? Is that is that a part of the formula, if you will? Um, we do have some um, programs that we work with and some local um, employers that we work with um, to connect our clients to services. We have much more felon-friendly um, places that will hire now, and maybe some of the staffing issues have helped with that. Um, which has actually been a good thing because many of them are also very good, dependable employees. Mm -hmm. And I think our employers have now realized that maybe initially we're forced to have to hire some of them with the staffing, Um, but we've had some real positive success stories in connecting our clients and actually have had many employers um, since COVID reach out to us and say, hey, we're hiring. Do you have clients that you could refer to us and have received many emails and phone calls just saying we will hire. And mm-hmm. kudos to those businesses for extending that arm because mm-hmm. that Absolutely. business could be making a huge difference in someone's life just to give them that outlet and give them a job and, and something to do and look forward to. So, right. Yeah. It eliminates that barrier yep. for many of our clients that weren't able to get um, that employment in the past, and that mm-hmm. just contributes to their stability. Yeah, because yeah. I would think a job, I mean, for most of us, offers us a little purpose every day, and many need that, don't mm-hmm. they? Yep. And yeah. it supplies for the housing, and it supplies for the transportation, yes. and so it meets your basic needs as yes. well, which means that, you know, you're supporting yourself, which we generally like as a society. Yeah. And so this is about trying to help people make a different choice and to provide them with the tools in their toolbox. And unfortunately, I think oftentimes because of childhood traumas um, or different things uh, about how they were raised. And so getting in there with a monkey wrench and breaking some cycles, I think, is Mm -hmm. exceptionally difficult work. And it's the right work for us to engage in for not only because it's the right thing to do for human beings to try to help them reach their highest potential, but also because it's about public safety mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And for all of us, this is a good idea. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Your agents have to wear a lot of hats, don't they? Yes, they definitely do. And that's been a big change um, since I started. You know, we used to, like I said, just it was it was more of this. And we use this, this reference a lot, this more um, tail them, nail them, and jail them mentality <laughs> that mm-hmm. used to be yeah. old school. Yeah. And that is no longer the way it is. And I think a lot of people have that understanding still that 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 is the agent's job and and it is a piece of it i mean there is a piece of that where we have to do drug testing and Mm -hmm. we have to do home visits and searches and all of that but more importantly it is the other hats that agents wear and many people don't don't realize that you know everybody knows what a police officer does everybody knows what a social worker does what a teacher does Um, agents are really truly all of that Um, and and do many of those those roles. So um, it's become um, much more of a profession that is a skill set, um, is a craft, and really you the, the continuous training involved in order to become proficient in all of these different interventions that we have to apply when working with our clients. Mm-hmm. Um, 
is it, it's difficult at times, but it also um, gives, I think, our agents a sense of purpose and that feeling of, of helping people as well mm-hmm. as enhancing public safety. Yeah. Uh, Krista, give us a scope. How many agents and uh, how many clients do you deal with every year? Do you have a focus on that? Well, that does vary. We have um, currently 20 agents, and then we also have some kind of assistant um, probation officers as well that um, maybe manage transfer cases or assist with our telephone reporting system that handles a larger number of our clients. Um, And then we have a lot of specialized caseloads. That's another thing that has changed in corrections is that really training agents to hone in on those specialties, whether, I don't, if you're familiar with our, our specialty courts such as drug and DUI courts, mm-hmm. or we have what's called an alternatives to incarceration program mm-hmm. um, that we have added the last two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have those, those caseloads that specialize in domestic violence, which has really increased since mm-hmm. Throughout COVID, our domestic violence numbers have increased, and we went from one domestic violence agent to three and a pretrial agent now in domestic violence. And then we have sex-specific caseloads and all of those different areas so that we can train our agents to be the most knowledgeable and have the best understanding of the most up-to-date practices Mm -hmm. for that specific population. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot. That's a lot more com- uh, complicated than the layman might assume. Mm-hmm. It's this magic mix of <laughs> accountability, resources, tools in their toolbox, um, a good job, a decent place to live. It's that magic mix. Yeah. You need all of those things. And frankly, most of us are blessed to be able to p- provide that ourselves. And we haven't experienced the traumas mm-hmm. that would lead that to be an impairment for us. Um, But unfortunately, there are still folks in our community for whom that is true. Mm -hmm. It is that important mix, and Krista talked about it. It is accountability, and it is these other things. And Mm -hmm. so this isn't about replacing what we were doing. This was about making it more effective. Mm Yeah. Yeah. It kind of sounds like, you know, Lakes Area Restorative Justice program in a way, trying to keep them out of the system, but yet if they're Mm -hmm. in it already, you know, they're getting that help that they need to take it to the next step. So that's interesting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And just trying to uh, avoid the recidivism that so often we hear about. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then uh, I heard Krista say something the other day about recidivism that I think is important as well. You know, if they come back into the criminal justice system, do they come in for a lesser charge? Yeah. Is that an improvement on the situation? Well, it probably is. And mm-hmm. so what are measures of success here? Also, are they need to be thought of broadly. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. reducing people coming into jail is a goal, mm-hmm. and that's an important goal. But there can be other quality of life indicators here that will reflect on public safety in good ways yeah. as well yeah. that we should also pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very good point, Tim. We we did talk about this and I think other things that that can be considered and we should be looking at are you know especially for people who are suffering addiction mm-hmm. and you know measuring and looking at okay for some people for the first time in their life they've been sober for six months or a year and to look at that as as success as well mm-hmm. relapse is part of recovery and and if we're able to move that a little bit longer and a little bit longer in hopes that um, someday it will be their last use, mm-hmm. I think yeah. it's important to look at that. If they've maintained employment 
for the longest they ever have in their lives. Those are all things that as agents we want to um, build on those. Expand on them, yeah. yeah build those on those successes. Those yeah. are the building blocks. And reward those behaviors. We, we mm-hmm. in the past, so much looked at the negative and missed out on that opportunity to see when our clients were doing good mm-hmm. and recognizing that. And that's so important for all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To yeah. be recognized for the things that we're doing right. Yeah. yeah. Goodness Absolutely. gracious. I think we know a little bit more about that than we did 25 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Tim, yeah. I know we've talked to you too. Um, so many of our jails, many people are dealing with mental health issues. Mm-hmm. That must be part of the equation too, to get them some help there. It, it clearly is. I think, uh, you know, the, the longer I'm in this business, the more I think um, we think of chemical dependency and mental health as two separate things. And they're really not. No. It is uh, no. chemical dependency is a subset of mental health disorders. It's a mm-hmm. thinking problem, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so I think uh, those are really co-occurring in my mind. We, we mm-hmm. talk about co-occurring illness. I think it's almost always co-occurring, yeah. yep. and so. I'm wondering now, after having done this for 30 years, whether mental health and chemical dependency is redundant. Yeah. Well, Krista, it's very interesting to hear about this. I think most of us as lay people don't get a view into what you do in your department, and it sounds like you're doing some really good work, and we encourage you to keep going. Let's get these people back as uh, good, productive citizens. It's it's wonderful what you do. Thank you. We appreciate and you having us. is there anything our listeners can do to help you do what you do? Um, I think if you, you know, again, if you see something, say something, you mm-hmm. can always call in. Mm-hmm. We can't always give information, but um, we can't be everywhere all of the time. Yeah. And that information is helpful to us. And also, I think to just, um, you know, we talk about there's so much stigma attached to both addiction and mental health. And I think for all of us, it's important to recognize and not judge people yes. um, mm-hmm. for what they're dealing with. And, and if, if there's support that you can give somebody, um, I think that's always a good thing. Yep. Yeah, just to be there. And keep encouraging uh, employers to utilize the, these young people and get them back in the workforce. That helps, too. <laughs> it's part of their recovery. Yeah. 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 Young and old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, Tim, real quick, anything uh, we should know about uh, happening at the county right now? Well, budget and taxes, uh, I think, uh, the two things that, you know, just keep circling. Uh, The 2024 budget and levy uh, was approved by the county board back at their meeting on Tuesday, December 12th. Uh, It is a levy increase of 3.99%. They unanimously approved the budget. It's a $107 million budget, so it, it is sizable. It has almost a $46 million property tax levy. So what that means is the difference is paid for by other revenue streams. We get uh, 46% of our revenues come from other revenue uh, intergovernmental sources, state or federal allocations that come to us, grants and cost-sharing agreements uh, for about 35%. uh, Other taxes, that includes our local option sales tax for transportation, is about 9.5%, and then 5.5% from various things like permits and things of that sort. Uh, so it's a, I think it's a fairly conservative budget. Um, this has been a challenge for us this year yeah. to hit those targets. I think uh, everybody is, ex- is is experiencing labor issues, and certainly the county is not immune from that as well. So that was probably our top priority in the budget process this year was achieving more labor stability as best we can. Uh, The board also set the levies for the first and second assessment districts because there is no township there. 
So the county board serves as the town board for the first and second assessment. The first assessment district is just north of um, Baxter, south of Nisswa, along 371. The mm-hmm. second assessment district is over in the northeastern part of the county, out by Dean Lake uh, in that area. Okay. Um, the budget for the first assessment went up by 5.88, and for the second assessment by 4.93. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hey, one last thing. Uh, the radon testing kits are free and available through the county, aren't they, too? Yeah, and this is the time of year when I think we really would like people to focus on it when your houses are all closed up, right? Yeah. Yep. And any penetration into the soil, because radon is an orderless, colorless gas that is uh, has the potential to cause cancer. It occurs naturally in the soil, and it seeps into your homes through cracks, and then you close all your windows, and this is the air you're breathing. Mm. So even if, for instance, if you have put in a new heating or air conditioning system, you may have new penetrations through the wall. Ah. Eh. Right? Okay. And so this is an excellent time of year to be doing some radon testing in your home. In Minnesota, two in five homes have radon levels that could cause a significant health risk. The good news is it's entirely preventable. It is generally uh, about aerating the air that comes into your house from the ground. Uh, We have free radon test kits available in our land services building, which is at 322 Laurel Street. That's directly behind the historic courthouse. There's a limit of one kit per household. Testing is easy. takes about three days to get your results. And if you have any questions, you can contact our land services department at 824-1010. Just walk up to the counter and ask for one. Is that okay? (laughs) And that is free as well. Awesome. Excellent. Thank you, Tim. All right. Well, thank you very much for being here today to talk about these issues. Again, Krista, thanks for being here to share that information about what you do. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Yes, our pleasure. Our, our guests today, Tim Houle, who is the Crow Wing County Administrator, and Krista Jones, Crow Wing County Community Corrections Manager. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. We remind you that our Community Focus programs can be listened to anytime. They're on our website. Go to 1067wjjy.com. Or listen through our free downloadable app, which is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.